everyone, and welcome to the finale of season one of Game Changers of Health. Over the past year, we've brought you guests who are, to simply put it, changing the way gaming impacts our health for the better. On today's show, we're bringing on Jim Weiss. You might know Jim. He is the founder and chairman of Real Chemistry, and we're going to be chatting with him about why he believes so much in this space and why Real Chemistry is such fertile ground for entrepreneurship and really always has been. Thanks for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy my chat today with Jim. Jim, thank you so, so much for not only being here, but you've been such a champion of gaming here uh, since the beginning. So thrilled you wanted to come on and talk a little bit more about it. So thank you and welcome. Thanks. Thanks for really having something of a non-gamer on your show, which is really nice of you to, you know, kind of lower your standards. (laughs) But, you know, I, I think I start off by saying I am addicted to those uh, New York Times games now. Mm-hmm. And the more they mm-hmm. add, right, the more I go in. So sure. I think when you really think about it, aren't we all gaming um, yeah. in some form? And I think that's why I felt it was really important for us to get together and chat. Great. Well, if, if this season has taught us anything, and we've had a mix of folks both self-proclaimed and not of gaming uh, interest and and level of experience, it really is so prolific. It's touching people now in their daily lives, whether it's because they want to form better habits or pass the time or or learn something new. It really is all around us. So um, you are for sure a gamer if you are addicted to the New York Times crossword uh, hyper casual mini games. So you fit in just right here. Uh, but for those who who might not know you, would love for you to give a little bit of background, a little bit of of the why that you felt it was uh, important and meaningful for us to have this solution here for folks that might not know. Well, it goes way back. I mean, I you know a lot of it is by what you see around you, and you know my kid has been a gamer you know from the beginning. He won't go out you know, probably and do almost anything else other than fishing if he can play FIFA (laughs) or he can play, you know, any number of games that get you together socially and otherwise. And, you know, as I developed the business, I mean, we've worked on plenty of games in the non-health space. Um, it, It is where, you know, real chemistry cut its teeth. And, you know, I'm the founder and was the CEO, now the chairman of real chemistry. And when we were experimenting with a lot of our data and analytics driven marketing and communications in the, let's call it the mid aughts to, you know, the 2010s, you know, we worked on a lot of the Warner brothers um, games associated with Lord of the Rings among others. And I really saw a culture develop, particularly in our Austin office around that. But I just had a sense that what could be applied in a consumer setting clearly could be applied in a healthcare setting. I always say to people, doctors are people. They are. You know, people who have diseases are people. Yes. You know, we all get hit by the bouncing ball. It doesn't make you not a gamer. So we all know, you know, there's a lot of specificity around audience targeting and all the rest. It all seemed quite obvious. But what I did see was the rise of gaming media. And I think it's been proven, you know, replacing 
things like sports and or streaming and or going to the movies yeah, or at least companion with that. So you couldn't not look at it as, look, this is a mainstream sort of thing that we have to get a handle on as a media channel. And I think once I saw it that way, which was pretty early on, I had had past experience because, you know, I worked at Genentech back in the day and I worked on two particular drugs that were super relevant um, in this area, pulmozyme for cystic fibrosis, which was, you know, a, a disease that affect children, and then human growth hormone for kids with growth hormone deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, we saw very particular audiences that would respond to forms of gaming that, um, you know, maybe other disease areas wouldn't. Yeah. And what's been interesting, too, is that it's now grown out of the pediatric space quite rapidly because gaming has grown up with all of us, right? You know, I'm 37. I've been gaming since I was four. So that's, I always say I have 33 years of gaming experience because I I, I do. I've seen the technology advance. It's accompanied me through good times, bad times, my own healthcare journey, and What's fascinating is that the adoption rate that we're seeing of new gamers in older populations now is higher than it's ever been, which is really interesting. So it cuts across ages, races, genders, job types, health status. And I love that you said the point around media and looking at what consumers are spending not only their money, but their time doing and gaming is at the top of that list. It is. I think there've been you've shown me but others have too. It's been reported that you know it's up there in the top 10 of entertainment and it's leapfrog certain yeah. sports, right? So MLB like you know kids used to watch baseball games. That's not what they do now, right? And even when you've got football, soccer, other aka mm-hmm. soccer, you know like my kid is a soccer fan but he's spending a lot of time on the FIFA game. An NBA fan is spending a lot of time on the NBA game. They want to take the experience of being in the arena, you know, into that realm. And it makes total sense. So we know that in all these places, you know, health plays a role. And there's some opportunity to either, again, be more direct about it or possibly more indirect. You know, we probably should be doing more in concert with these games. Absolutely. Just like we would put content into movies, we probably should be looking at ways to get content into the games and messaging into the games. Yep. And the the CPG space has paved that way. The infrastructure is there. It's just up to us to to enter it, albeit we have some some trickier challenges when it comes to uh, the healthcare space. But all said and done, it really is such a ripe opportunity. And we're taking advantage of that already with some of the work we're doing and and some of the aspirations we have. But I want to pivot a little bit to why this exists here now, because when I joined Real Chemistry two and a half years ago, gaming wasn't in my job description. You guys didn't. This isn't what you signed up for <laughs> with me. And I kind of thought I was leaving it behind coming from the nonprofit space and charity streaming. But, you know, I was basically given an inch and I took it a mile to introduce people to the possibilities here and to start educating my colleagues who were so open minded and so supportive. 
What is it about this place, about real chemistry, that makes it a fertile land for people to be entrepreneurial, to make the case for innovation? Because it's not the case everywhere. I've experienced that, at least. Uh, I think it's it's particularly special here. Well, you're talking to an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I think that's where it starts. I mean, I founded it. It's an entrepreneurial company. I'm still around and forming it to some degree. And then you work with Bob, Wendy, Frank, and the gang from 21 Grams that we went into partnership a few years ago. You know, they're entrepreneurs. You know, Ron Elwell and the team at uh, at Swoop are all entrepreneurs. Uh, Kevin uh, Johnson from, you know, originally marketing is still here. Obviously, Jen Gottlieb helped me, you know, raise this company. So I think you still have enough entrepreneurs running around that remember their entrepreneurial spirit that passes that along. And we, you know, we're always balancing that. As you know, we're owned by private equity and there's always, you know, investors that we ultimately have to answer to. But I think part of the ethos of Real Chemistry's brand from the beginning and certainly 21 grams, you know, even more so, I'd say individually is more of a maverick, creative, and I would say, you know, soul driven reason for being. You asked the why. I mean, we're all here because mm-hmm. we get hit by the bouncing ball. You had your own journey. You've worked with lots of patients. Ultimately, we want to do the type of work that has the most impact on changing behavior, reaching patients and gaining them access. And sometimes in certain audiences, that's through the gaming venue. And it would be crazy not to, if you're looking at us as a media company, it is a top media channel. And if we don't pay attention to it, then we're missing like, you know, a whole group of people that we could have impact with. So I think it's somewhat simple. And the entrepreneurial concept meets business here. It's ambidextrous. And we believe being entrepreneurial makes you more, I'd say, impactful, creative, um, nimble. I mean, we used to be called W2O, which had, you know, a water sensibility. You know, we need to stay nimble in this world. And a real chemistry is about finding the bonds and the the connections that make real impact. And we really believe that something like gaming is a no-brainer. Yeah. And you need so many different spokes of the wheel to make it work. I've had to, with pleasure, bring in my colleagues from IPM for data insights, swoop for targeting, obviously the creative team, technologists, influencers, researchers. I mean, you name it, Gaming touches our, our MetaFairs team, our MedEd teams. It touches all of those different things because to do it well, whether it's on the channel advertising side or even on the, the therapeutic side, you need that sort of collective brain power to make something really special. It's, it's not niche. It's the complete opposite of niche. Um, has there been a technology push like we're doing with gaming in your past that you've seen that you take any inspiration from or say, you know, when I first heard of this, I thought this is going to be it. We've got to pursue it. And and what what is the special sauce when you hear of an emerging trend that that makes you go, we got to latch on to this? 
Well, I actually didn't think it was so much of an emerging trend. As you know, we worked on Akili and then, you know, we also, I've been an investor in some oncology-based games, you know. So for me, I knew about it enough and we had worked on it and we knew that there was actually clinical data to show that these games actually led to something. Plus, I saw in my own past enough evidence of you know, coming at it with a gaming sensibility. And, you know, there was a lot of receptivity for that. So I never really ever thought it wasn't a good place to go. I don't think we had, because when you're doing a lot and you're growing, you know, by a lot each year, you've got to add the things, you know, and you and I have talked about this, that it's not easy to build it. We could possibly go buy it versus build it, or you could do a little bit of both. I like to build and promote from within. I've usually found that if we nurture entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurs fulfill what we're looking for from a, you know, again, financial perspective, it has to pay off. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't do it indefinitely, but this didn't feel so high risk, but there's a high reward. I felt like it was, you know, certainly moderate to low. And I know your colleagues do and clients ask for it. You know, the thing I kind of, have to always remind people is I didn't build this real chemistry company over the years without help from my clients. They always would ask for, do you do this? Do you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I just kept Mm -hmm. adding the things they wanted. And that's how you continue to grow. So I would say in the case of gaming, we got, we're getting asked, you know, by clients or you could see in the marketplace, others were playing here And like I said, media has always been at the center of this company, media and activation. It's always been the secret sauce of what I think we do really well. And if you don't have a mastery over this media, you're missing something. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I mean, I, you're probably the first person we've had on that has said, oh, I, I never saw it as an emerging trend because it was always right in front of me. I don't think that is the case for most people, especially those that have grown up in this industry. And another fun part of my day to day is constantly dispelling the stereotypes around gaming as a media channel, gaming as a hobby, gaming as a form of therapy. And what I've been reassured by is it doesn't take that much convincing uh, for people to really understand the magnitude and the impact or oh, you know what? I do play Wordle every day. I, I remember the day it came out and I haven't stopped playing it since. And that's exactly well, you, my you point. Well, you know why people play it, right? And why why I know I went deeper into it is because I think as you age, right, there's a fear that comes around, you know, Alzheimer's and other neurological sure. diseases that, you know, I'm certainly finding it as a great way to relieve stress in the middle of the day. You could go out and golf or you could go out and play a game. And, and some of this should be done, of course, but that may sure. take more time. I mean, 10 minutes on Wordle, 15 minutes on a, you know, other game that you like can be very, I think, again, therapeutic, like you said. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. not? In today's world right now, we all are looking for something to at least distract us for a minute. Yeah. Absolutely. And there are great organizations that bring that technology into hospitals, you know, and have these these carts that are gaming carts that kind of get wheeled around the floor for people that want that sort of 
uh, escape. I find it to be, for me, it's the most form of active engagement I can have. Watching TV is very passive. Scrolling, certainly no good for anyone. Reading even, I have a hard time sometimes staying really immersed in it. But with gaming, it feels, especially if you're doing something like VR, you truly get immersed in it from the storytelling aspect, from the social aspect. Coming off of the heels of this pandemic, so many of our patient populations that we've talked to because of their current health status or because they're immunocompromised formed some of their best relationships through online gaming during that time because they weren't allowed to leave the house. And they've continued that even after things have become safer because for them, it's their preferred way of connection. They feel like they can be more themselves. They feel like they are able to get social interaction that meets them where they're at. And I just think there's something so special and agile about gaming as a platform. Well, I would hold on to that meet them where they're at. We hear I wanted to make the point that you're making and just emphasize it because nothing meets, you know, certain populations suffering with certain diseases more than designing a game with them because you came from yeah. the advocacy side. So imagine doing yeah. this with a patient advocacy group that's very clearly targeted to, tailored to, made by, and participated in yeah. by that crew. I mean, that's, yeah. I think, you know, plus it engenders, like you said, there's so many that have him, you know, risk, you know, a lot of the, the different things that, you know, yeah. from rare cancer to, you know, like we said, cystic fibrosis, I think the other point mm-hmm. is those people have grown up, you know, because of all the advances in therapy, because yeah. you have to comply with them and games can help you comply. If you stay adherent or compliant, whatever the right term is, you know, then you get to grow old on the game, which is something, yeah. you know, when I first launched Pomozyme back in 1993, you know, the life expectancy was, I don't think, beyond 28 or 29. And now I think mm. it's much higher, of course. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's the exciting thing about a lot of these areas. And also, if a kid doesn't want to talk about that at school with friends, you know, if they are out and about, isn't it great to give them an outlet that, yeah. like you said, connects them? They may not be able to play sports because of what they have. This enables them to participate in a form of sport that they wouldn't otherwise get to do. So you also, you know, help mental health, esteem, all those wonderful things that matter so much that we, that go beyond disease. Yeah. And I'll touch on one more thing uh, in from the media lens, which is streaming. And you talk about Anyone with a health condition, you know, it ranges how open you want to be with your friends, your family, your colleagues. What's great about a platform like Twitch is you can log on at any hour of any day and search for psoriasis, search for depression, search for cancer, and you'll find someone talking about their experience, raising money for an advocacy group, playing a game that allows them to be someone they can't be. And that's okay. And that actually empowers them. And they have a community of people, either allies or fighters alongside with them. And it's it's incredible what 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 you can find and the connection you can make out there. Um, so for for me and the work that I do, I always, always try to make sure we're 
not only make, you know, having media plans that include an IGN.com for audiences that over-index in gaming, just like we would ESPN.com for someone who over-indexes in sports. But when we're doing our influencer research, when we're identifying those brand ambassadors, don't forget about the streamers on, on Twitch, on Facebook gaming, on YouTube gaming, because they captivate millions of eyeballs every single day. And it is an incredibly powerful platform for getting your brand's message out, for advocating, uh, you know, in the unbranded and disease awareness space, and also just to find your patients and hear what they're going through. It's a wonderful place to really get boots on the ground to to hear about their lives. Are you coordinating closely with our influencer group and, you know, star power yes. in particular, you know, on yes. this front? Because I agree that I would say my kids and, you know, lots of folks in their contemporary group respond more to that influencer mm-hmm. set than they yeah. would to anybody else. Plus, many athletes are gamers, you know, many, you know, performers. So where those all cross over, I think, is where you can have impact. Because, again, you asked me cause. I want to make the world a healthier place through the business we run. You can do that through the gaming channels and isn't that a better application than you know something that would promote violence or some of these other things that we're concerned about in the world and again that hasn't been proven so i don't want to make this too controversial in that sense it's more we can make exciting games that also create a great outcome you know make kids and people with certain diseases feel better feel more empowered feel more participatory in their world and help with outcome. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And it's a great pivot to what I wanted to end with, which was, unfortunately, there are a lot of stigmas in the gaming space still. Again, I mentioned I'm 37. I'm a mom of two young kids. I'm a woman. I'm a working mom. And I'm a gamer. And oftentimes when I show up as this role, it's like, oh, you don't look like what I I thought you would look like. Of course, there are toxic behaviors in gaming. It comes with the territory. Thankfully, there are a lot of organizations and there have been a lot of content creators actively fighting that toxic culture, and there is a much lower tolerance for it now. I also had the privilege of attending and speaking at South by Southwest last year where you know the NIH did all, an entire debut of their latest publication around the uh, effects of gun violence when coupled with with people who play video games and the research points to they are much less aggressive. There is no correlation between the two. Just because you play first person shooters does not make you more inclined to go out and commit a terrible crime. So again, without getting too deep into that, we know those stereotypes exist. If someone's listening still and they're and they're still skeptical about getting into this space, what would you want to say to them to convince them otherwise? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of areas that marketers go into that would give them less control than going into a gaming environment. It would seem to me that you have more control over the content, you have more control over the interactivity with those people, and there's a feedback loop that's clear and easy to follow. Right. So I know one of the big issues we're always worried about is adverse event reporting or all of that. And I mean, for disease awareness, it's even, I would say, less of an issue. I think 
we, we want to look for places that create community and that allow for organized discussion over certain specific categories. So isn't that better than Reddit, where that's pretty un, I would say, unmonitored uh, and un, unpoliced. It's the police is the wrong mm-hmm. word. I mean, unmoderated, un- unmoderated. Yeah. you're not really getting any, I mean, you could set a game up where physicians and others, nurse practitioners and others are playing a role within that. You know, there's so many factors you're able to control with this medium. You know, it's not like it's something. So I would think for healthcare marketers, it's actually more attractive than some of the other things one might do because you can put all of the necessary, you know, sort of warnings and and all of the stuff the FDA requires it's easy enough to put that in there mm-hmm. and have all that so i've always wondered why it's not really right there on the shelf as a top 3 to 5 you know tactic that everyone uses yeah. and i think in some marketers minds you've had great experience yes they do i think it's really just a matter of if they haven't done it yet you know, they just haven't done it yet. And I think we're just at that point. And I think when we're talking two years, three years from now, five years from now, it'll be pretty common. And if they haven't done it yet, they should come do it with us. Yeah, well, there's no question. Do it with the people who who have done it. I mean, maybe you've got to show that more. We're working on it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you have to show those examples and get yeah. them comfortable with hey, we did this for this category or that category, and it went great. And, you know, the other thing is, and I don't know how much you've done this with patient or patient advocacy groups, it would seem other guests other than us, we're obviously self-interested as, you know, executives of the firm, but talking to some of the partners you've had, I think is great, or doing some panel discussions with them would be great. I've told you I'd love us to have our own sort of gaming conference, right? That would be the real chemistry gaming conference. And then I think over time they get introduced to the concepts and it gets more comforting. Absolutely. Well, you heard it here first, real chemistry gaming conference coming at you 2024, let's say. (laughs) We're winding down the year. I'm ready for my swag. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll get you streaming on Twitch. We'll get you a cool gaming chair, the whole thing. I mean, my kid, my kid will like, I'll have to wrestle it out of his hands. <laughs> well, Jim, I can't thank you enough again for your mentorship, your belief in this area for years and years and years, and for being here and helping to spread the word about this. I only see greater things coming down, down the path pipeline we've got some really interesting things that we can't talk about quite yet but hopefully in season two we will be able to and uh again just thank you so much we for the will support. And thanks for your entrepreneurialism and and sort of grit and courage you know that's what it takes when you're an entrepreneur you, you kind of you play to win and you sort of ski down that slope you know from the steepest point taking tumbles but I think those are worth it for the uh, potential outcome and benefit that we could all get. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. I'm privileged to have Jim as such a champion. Hearing him talk about the ways gaming penetrates our industry further reinforces why we must push for this space to grow in healthcare. I can't thank you all enough for this first season of Game Changers of Health. 
Specifically, I'd like to thank my incredible production team, Alex Mead Fox and Megan Farrell for their beautiful work each and every episode. You make it a joy to record and thank you for making me sound like I know what I'm doing. A huge thanks to the entire 21 Gaming crew at Real Chemistry and 21 Grams and for the support across our organization for gaming. I can't wait to bring you more seasons to come. And in the meantime, please check out everything going on at 21 Grams and Real Chemistry at www.realchemistry.com or online at Real Chemistry. Please reach out to gamechangers at realchemistry.com with any thoughts on new content for our next season or to tell us what you thought of our first year. I appreciate you and thank you for tuning in. See you real soon and game on.